Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I'm thankful for the presence of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us again. Amen. This coming Thursday, Friday, Saturday, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, October 1st, 2nd, 3rd is our quarterly prayer and fasting. And so we just want to ask you and encourage everyone here to join us in these three days of a concerted effort, whatever you can fast, whatever you can pray. Uh, we're certainly not setting any time limits or limits of anything, but we just want you to make a point to join us. There are some, uh, you have already been sent online, some prayer points to help us stay focused. There's some of these that are available in the foyer that are printed. If you would rather have a printed copy, you're more than welcome to take advantage of that tonight. And uh, let's let the Spirit of God Help us center ourselves around a few prayer thoughts and let his spirit touch us this evening. And so join us in that, if you will. This coming weekend, Brother and Sister Rogers will be with us. And uh, we're looking forward to in, in introducing their ministry to our church. And uh, we're asking the Lord to just touch them. I would ask you tonight to join us. Let's pray starting now for this weekend and ask the Lord to touch them and encourage and strengthen them. I want you to join me, if you will, this evening in the book of Psalms. And we're going to go to the 91st Psalm. And I want to read it in its entirety. I have the book of Psalms 91 permanently. That's where my permanent marker is in my Bible. It's an incredible, an incredible psalm. Very powerful truths that are found in it. Whether you read it in part or in whole, there are some tremendous truths. And so this evening, I just want to talk about some lessons from Psalms 91. Psalms 91 and 1, the Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be a shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the error that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. 
for he shall give his angels charge over thee concerning he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways they shall bear thee up in thy hands lest thou dash thy foot against the stone thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet i'm thankful for the penmanship of the psalmist david He's encouraged us so many times and his writings have strengthened us and they have been the stabilizing force that's held us and winds and storms that, they, that we thought would take us. I have been amazed how many times just someone sending, of course, in today's world, a text perhaps with just one psalm, one verse, and how it has brought buoyancy to an otherwise sinking situation. Amen. How the, the psalmist David could so succinctly gather, in some cases, such few words and yet reach the target of our heart and minister to us. I'm very thankful for the writings of, of David and most especially the 91st Psalm. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you today and I thank you that the Spirit of the Lord has met us here again tonight. I'm asking you, Lord, to just please come along beside all of us and most especially me. Let your spirit stand with me tonight, God. The most lonely place we could ever stand would be in a pulpit without you. I would never want to do that. And so I invite you tonight and, and I welcome you to stand with all of us and stand with me this evening. Anoint my mind and my heart and let me speak your words and anoint all of us together that we might receive from the truths of your word, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, and you can be seated. Many years ago now, a great friend, Brother James McElhaney and Sister Marilyn McElhaney were visiting us, and they had long been gone out of the state of Florida and, and uh, were living and pastoring for a number of years in uh, Illinois, and now they are with their son in, in just south of Nashville, but during the course of the time that they had been gone, Brother McElhaney had gone through a pretty serious bout with cancer. And uh, he was believing the Lord to touch him. And in fact, God did indeed minister to him. And he is still with us today. Brother McElhaney ministered a lot that night. And in his message, he talked a lot about the journey that he had been on and how God had touched him. Brother McElhaney had always been a student of the Word of God and, and uh, always I felt refreshed and encouraged when I had been with him. But there was just something about this particular journey. He said that in the course of, um, of this battle with sickness that the Lord had just specifically moved in his heart and it seemed as though the Word of God had been committed to his mind more so than ever before even though he was very adept at quoting scriptures prior. But there was something about the 91st Psalm that in this Psalm he found tremendous refuge during this storm. He could quote Psalms 91, all 13 verses, and did, if memory serves me correctly, more than once that night. And how powerful it was, because in it, it wasn't just a man, uh, certainly that was showcasing his ability to, to quote scripture, nor was it someone standing behind a desk just for the sake of entertainment, but it was a man who had lived 
page by page, verse by verse. And he had found that indeed God was everything that David had described him to be. That we could find a secret place in the, in the eyes of God, in the place of God, and we can abide in his shadow. How many times in scripture we can find various Bible characters to whom God had just pulled them aside and spoke specifically to them. Some of them are more highlighted and underlined, of course, than others. Our minds can think about men like Moses who was hidden in the cleft of the rock and how God miraculously moved in his life at that moment. And in, that, in the course of that, how that God had given Moses insight to things previous and that's how Moses could write the first five books of the Bible because God had so miraculously moved in his life. Others, we find that God had tucked away some at the hand of God, at the unction of God, yet others, it was just the grace and the mercy of God that had hidden them in times where it seemed that destruction was sure to come. Rahab the harlot would certainly come to mind, a lady who was obedient to the promptings of her heart. She went against the culture and even the law of her day to hide the spies that had come to spy out Jericho. And, uh, and with a very silver tongue, she made sure that those who came looking for them did not find them. And the course of all of that, God spoke to Joshua and said, uh, the, the, those men had told her, if you will tie a red string in, in, in your window, when we come in, that will be our sign. And, and the Lord had spoken to save her in her house because she knew something of God even though her vocation was certainly not one uh, that anyone would take a lot of pride in and the least of which her. But God had mercy on her because of her faith and he hid her away. And this wasn't a veiled promise. This wasn't something that these men of God told her or these spies told her and then later recanted. We do know that when Jericho was destroyed that nothing was left standing save Rahab and her family, those that were in her house. And so God does take and he does provide those shadows and we can hide there. I would venture to say that there are many in this house that could tell us that God on this occasion or in this season of our life, he did take me and I know what it's like to be hidden in the hand of God. The Lord has indeed been a refuge and he's been a strong tower. The, 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 uh, not in Psalms 91, but we do find the writings of David in other places that tell us when our heart is overwhelmed, I will say, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. I'm not alone when I tell you tonight that many of us have felt overwhelmed by the circumstances of life and we have found great hope and refuge in the power and the presence and the promises of God. I'm thankful that I can trust him and I can lean on him. The Bible said that he would deliver us from the snare of the fowler and we understand that we are living in an hour, and never, of course, has the church not been an hour, but certainly today we're living in a, in a season where we're in spiritual battles. I mean, I think one of the most important factors of being in this spiritual battle is to understand the capacity of that that we fight against. We should know our enemy. We should understand a little bit about what we're up against. No real army would ever consider going into battle without having first 
taking a look at what they're going to be up against. Sports teams will rarely ever go and face another team before they have taken the time to look at uh, other games and watch these other teams in play and in practice. They're going to find out where their strengths and their weaknesses are. You're going to have to know how to defeat the enemy. And so Psalms, this Psalms 91, of course, largely attributed to David, makes mention of a few things that we face in this battle called life. There are many, many things that I'm sure we could uh, treasures that we could dig around in this and find tonight but there are several things that David has left uh, very easy pickings for us amen but I, I want to just take for just a, a little few moments here this evening and talk about what he speaks of in verse number three he said he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler he opens this psalm with a blanket statement that God would deliver us from the snare of the fowler now, that doesn't really kind of fit into our 21st century vernacular. It's not a term that we would, or a term of endearment, not a common phrase that we would use today. But when David, the writer here, speaks about the snare of the fowler, he's just basically talking about devices of the enemy. And so we could put a blanket over them, all devices of the enemy. Whatever the enemy would use to try to defeat us or to trap us, I said many times and not long ago in service that the temptations of one demographic would certainly be different than the temptations of another demographic. And so David, in a broad sense, just reaches out and says that he would deliver us from the snare of the fowler. He will deliver us from whatever the trap is that Satan would set for you. The things that tempt one person would not necessarily tempt another person and so in the latter part of that uh, in this verse he's then talking about those that those things that would be a temptation to us now I take comfort in that because the Bible lets me know and understand that the, the, the Lord knows a lot about all of us individually he talks about the hairs of our head he talks about the sparrow that he knows when it falls from its nest. And so God knows exactly what we need in order to make it through each and every day. That's why a scripture often quoted, another prescription often given out, that as thy days, so shall thy strength be. God knows exactly what I need today. And so he will provide it for me in that moment. Not as thy tomorrows are, so shall thy strength be, but as thy days are. God is not going to give me tonight what I need for tomorrow. God's going to give me the strength that I need in the moment that I need it. When I am faced, we have probably, many of us, been in a situation where uh, we were posed with a, a, a circumstance, maybe posed with a question, a situation that prior to that we may not have had an answer. We may not have known exactly what to do. But I have felt, I hope you can agree with me here, I have felt the, the Lord unction me with a word in moments just like that. I didn't wake up that morning thinking about it. I didn't have it in my heart. It didn't just spill out of my intellect. 
But when I was posed with something, the Lord just stepped into my life. Into, he stepped into that moment and the Lord put a word in my mouth that that's what was needed or the Lord put a prompting in my heart, an action in my spirit, the Lord. And it made me be reminded again that as thy days are, I almost, not to change the word of God, but to underline it in our minds, we could almost say as thy moments are, so shall thy strength be. I mean, whatever trigger is pulled in our heart and life, the spirit of almighty God can step into that scene and step onto the forefront of that situation and give us what we need in that moment. Oh, there's not one of us perhaps that haven't prior to even experiencing some tough things in our life have not watched other people go through similar things and think to ourselves, not in a pompous way, not in an arrogant way, not because we think we're better than, but we just in our mind think, I don't know if I could handle that. I don't know if I could walk through that valley. I don't know if I could bear up under that weight. We have watched others that have gone through circumstances maybe that we face later in our lives that were similar, identical, or perhaps even worse. And yet we watch God's word come off the page reminding us that it's not just ink and paper, but it's a promise. And we've watched God step into that situation and God stand our backs that were bowed and God affirm our faith that was crumbling and the Lord was standing with us. No, it didn't take away the pain. It didn't take away the heartache. It didn't take away the disappointment. It didn't take away the sting of loss or dis our disillusionment in our heart but oh we found God that would give us peace like we never known before in that moment when we needed it oh oh, I'm so thankful for the hand of God that said I will deliver you I will help you I will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler it's not going to take you out it can take you down but it's not going to take you out. Amen. Anybody here bold enough to say and admit you have been down? <laughs> oh, oh, know what the ground tastes like. I know what dirt tastes like. I know what egg in your face tastes like I know oh I know what that's all about but God would stand me and put my feet back under me and God would lead God would guide and God would strengthen and and I that the the scripture of Micah, this resounding ringing in my heart, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, God will be a light unto me. God will be alive unto me. In the latter portion of this same verse, he mentions something specific. He said, I will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And so for the sake of an illustration here tonight, we could talk about a fly, those things, small things and that, just small little things that can irritate. There's irritants in all of our lives. And again, sometimes what bothers some people don't bother others. We do everything within our power to keep flies out of our house. And I ride down the road and see some people that have their door propped open. <laughs> I got a, got a broom handle under it, making sure it doesn't shut. 
So apparently what bothers some doesn't bother all. And so this could be any number of things, I suppose. But there are some common things we go to great length to avoid. A common house flies shut down a many a Thanksgiving dinner. Hold it. Freezes everyone, <laughs> freezes everyone in their tracks. We never invite them to special events, but they show up anyway. They don't mind being unwelcome. They're not welcome in our homes, but they have a way, noisome pestilences have a way of just inviting themselves into your life sometimes at the most inopportune time. The interesting, one interesting thing, if we'll just use flies for an example, is this, if there's any consolation here, flies live throughout the entire world. So some people say, well, I'm going to get out of Florida and the Gulf Coast regions because I'm tired of these hurricanes. <laughs> and so you generally trade one thing for another. You move to the Midwest and you have tornadoes. You move to the West and you have earthquakes. You generally trade one thing for another. But if you're running from flies, I just want to disappoint you tonight and tell you they live on the whole world. So wherever you go, they will be there. And so there is a simple point here that there is no station in life where there won't be some measure of an irritant. We think if, you know, if we can just get at this stage of our life, then then we'll be free from, and there won't be anything there when we get there. But there's always going to be some noisome pestilence. You know, if we can just get to past this age and get past that age and get to another age, and, and if we could just get somewhere, then there's going to be that sweet by and by but really and truly and I'm not trying to paint our world gray I'm trying to tell you that God said I'll deliver you from this I'll keep you there's always going to be something and sometimes someone that will irritate you in some measure of course I think this has natural and spiritual implications that in life there's always something or someone, some circumstance to irritate us, but, but generally there's no such thing as this spiritual journey without some noisome pestilences as well. Seems odd that a, most house flies are just one twentieth of an inch long. And the noise that we hear that really kind of bugs us is just them flapping their wings. It's, they're, they're, not, they're just trying to get from point A to point B. They're not, they're not trying to attack us. They're just living their life and doing their thing. There's some species of flies that flap their wings up to 200 times per second, others up to 1,000 times per second. Those are really irritating. It's a pitch all of its own. They can fly an average of four and a half miles an hour and even faster in short distances and it depends on who's holding the fly swatter. <laughs> Common house flies have 4,000 lens in each eye and no two of the lens see the point in the, or no two lens point in the same direction. Each lens working independently of the other and that's why they can see you coming. 
because they're watching noisome pestilences just when you think you've gotten rid of it it dashes just when you think you've honed in and it's away they really can't chew or bite you and so with that being said that means they can't hurt you there's nothing lethal about them they're they're just pests there's some things in life that'll never kill us. It'll never take us down. It's not lethal, not one sting, not one bite, and you're out. It's just that dealing with it day in and day out. It's just there, and you just can't seem to get away from it. And there are just some things that don't go away. I I, I know that many times we've had certain things. You get into a uh, a plant that you may be allergic to and you start itching and that it's just just that pestilence it's just right there you just can't seem to get away from it and can I tell you everybody in life has something in their lives that they have to deal with that's not lethal it's not going to kill you day to day things but it's those things that we just can't seem to harness we just can't seem to bring it under control we can't seem to deal with it amen so everyone deals with them the second thing that David another thing that David mentions in this passage is found in the 13th verse and he says thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder in verse 13 he mentions serious things now we were talking about just pests just noisome things just irritants just aggravating things but now David moves to something that's far different it's the other side of the spectrum he talks about the lion one of the most Powerful and one of the largest felines of all, probably the most popular of the feline family. One single stride can carry them several feet. Many, if not most of us, have been impressed by their beauty and by their strength, and we have been horrified by that as well. Because we understand that behind that beautiful coat and behind that innocent look, there is a predatory nature that lives there. That is their instinct. That is their survival. And so it is not an accident that the lion is referred to as the king of the jungle because indeed, and in fact, it is. It is not something to be uh, toyed with. This is not something that we can take lightly. It is well known for it's not only its symbol of beauty, but also for its symbol of strength. They can live in cooler climates and they can also dwell in, in, in very dry and arid conditions. They have, the, they have the capacity, depending on the breed and the species, they have the capacity to vacillate in broad, broad ranges. Most adults will weigh somewhere between 350 to 400 pounds and most males measure about nine feet long from their nose to their tails and stand about three and a half to four feet high. These are not things to be messed with. If you go to a zoo, there's a reason why there's a separation. There's a reason why that's not the petting area. There's a reason why. They have a life expectancy of about 15 to 20 years. And so you have to be very, very careful because a lion is predatory by nature. You know, I know that sometimes people catch these and train them and and uh, we've watched that play out well and we've watched that not play out so well because there is a predatory nature. It's just there. It is just there. You never know what's going to spark it and it will turn on its owner. It will bite 
indeed the hand that has fed it. It will bite the hands that have caressed it and held it and brought it comfort because that is the nature of the lion. And so David is talking to us about some things that we face in life that's really serious. These are not things that are just bothersome. These are not things that just are annoyances of life. But there are some things that we can encounter in life that indeed are lethal. And then these are large. I mean, it's easy to see a lion, easy to spot a lion. It's easy to hear a lion. And then David talks about the adder or the asp. And this is a very small serpent, but its poison kills without the possibility of remedy. So it may be small, but don't think it's not just as deadly. It may be a lot more quiet. It may, it may slither up to you rather than roar, but it's nonetheless lethal. Those who are bitten by some breeds of these will die within three to eight hours. It is a very serious thing. And so what I'm driving at here is the fact that a lion and an adder is not just something that irritates us. These are not just situations in our lives that annoy us or that we have to make adjustments for. They're real life issues that we have to face from day to day. And there are People, even under the sound of my voice and some that will hear and watch this message later that are living under the very weight of a serious situation right now, gnawing into their thought process, gnawing into their faith, gnawing its way into their shoulders as we speak. This could possibly be issues that are working to destroy the very famic fabric of their family or broken health or lost dreams, lost jobs, financial difficulties and or perhaps unfair circumstances in life and the list could go on and on but they matter, they are weighty and they are lethal. And then in the latter portion David mentioned something in verse number 13. He said and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet And David uses the word dragon. A dragon is simply a creature of myth. It's nothing more than a mythical beast that is found in folklore of many European and Asian cultures. Legend describes them as large lizard-like creatures that breathe fire and have long and scaly tails. And we all can have our own mental image of what a dragon may be. But there's a real truth behind the idea of a dragon and that is this. That a dragon is not real. It is just a creature of myth. And there are many people in this world today that are completely having their tomorrows destroyed by the dragons of today. By things that really don't exist. And David is trying to say, I've got the power to deliver you. I've got the power to deliver you from the things that the devil sets in your path to destroy you. I've got the ability to, not, things may take you down, but they won't take you out. I've got the ability to, to deliver you from the things that are just pestilences. I can sustain you and keep you. I can keep you against things that are lethal. I can keep you against things that have the ability, the capacity to take you out. But I can also keep you from unfounded fears And I will tell you that from time to time we have to take those unfounded fears to an altar of prayer and leave them there. You may think this doesn't apply to you, but just keep breathing, sir. 
You may think that what I'm talking about, just that just goes to another zip code or another area code, but you just keep turning the page of the calendar and I'll promise you that somewhere there will be a dragon that arises in your life. That mythical creature that may or may not exist, the situation that may or may not exist and yet it has crippled us by the power of fear. Amen. Constantly worried about things that will probably not ever even come to pass. Genesis 3.15 the Bible talks about the enmity that God would put between the woman and the seed and, and how that the power of God in the creation of mankind would give us the ability to put our heel on its head. Can I tell you today that there is power, power, wonder-working power in the Spirit of God in our lives and that He can keep us and that He can indeed sustain us in every circumstance of our life. Now, we've talked about a broad range of things this evening, but somewhere in the course of this side to that side, we found ourselves. If we're listening to the Word of God, we found ourselves, things that pull and pluck at us things that serve to distract us I remember um, uh, I've shared this before at some point maybe multiple times but when my wife was our son was in young in, in school and my wife was subbing at the school uh, they, there was a need for some of the children they just needed male influences and, and, and I wasn't a teacher and qualified to be a teacher and had studied to be a teacher but I did go and volunteer, and there was one young man that I worked with uh, for a little while and just fell in love with this young man. He had the attention span of a cocker spaniel puppy. He was a very bright young man. And he had way too much personality, social skills. He could have, you know, if you could have graded him on social skills, why he would have been leading the world today. But it just took nothing to distract him. Nothing. I could make all of these wonderful points. We could be just honing in on this math problem and a fly could land on the desk and Albert was gone. He was just gone. To what galaxy we never knew and it would take everything to harness and pull him back <laughs> so we're going to be real comfortable talking about Albert tonight but what about us those things that come along to just distract us and take us away from the real purpose and the point that God is wanting to give birth to something in our life and it's so easy to be distracted. I, I'm not trying to just be on a hobby horse this evening, but I can tell you that for sure, this is of my lifetime, I can, of course, only address that. There's never been a more distracting time. Our, our phones and, and tablets and computers are wonderful tools. They help us and I have all kinds of study material on all of our devices, just like you. But if I'm not careful, that thing that is so handy 
can also be such a distraction. I have been reading my iPad in the mornings, reading a book, and then get a text message. And before I know it, I'm at work. My devotion has been paused and I'm just going to take care of this one little thing real quick and, and you know it's almost as though I'm saying I'll be right back Lord I'll be right back and before I know it the phone rings and, and it's a very distracting world I own as many pairs as the next person so I'm not getting up in your business but you can hardly go anywhere without people's got something stuck in their ear and sometimes I feel like the Lord is saying, how can you ever hear from me? I'm talking about me. How can you ever hear my voice because you've got so many other voices? It's a very distracting world. But the Lord said he would help us from those distractions, those things that are just irritants. I'm gonna ask our musicians to come. He said, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you through those things. I'll help you through those things. I'm thankful for the lessons that we can learn from Psalms 91. I'm thankful, and I go back to my opening illustration, I'm thankful to, to know people. I mentioned Brother McElhaney in my opening comments tonight, but of course, there's not just one person that has traveled dusty lanes in their lives, no. There's many sitting here tonight that you didn't know what you would do, but somehow God's word just come along. I, I don't know how to say this tonight, but to say it. But if you think what we're doing here this evening is a waste of time, you could not be more mistaken. I've been in settings just like this more times than I can dare remember when the word of God was just lobbed over the pulpit and right straight into my heart and it was exactly what I needed. Whether people were on their feet, whether the crowd was on the edge of their seat, whether people were just biting the ceiling or not, God's word is so forever settled to that word just finds a resting place and like a missing piece of the puzzle, it firmly fits right where God needed to speak. I'm thankful for the word of God. Let's stand. Can we do that? And Why don't we just love the Lord in this closing song and let the spirit, let the spirit of the, of the Lord just minister tonight. I, I don't maybe exactly know where every person in this building is in your journey, but I know that the Lord knows. And he said, I'll give you exactly what you need. And so tonight, before we walk out of this building, the same way that we walked in, we have been given a moment, an intersection, where the spirit, the power, the presence of God can reach down, speak to our heart, and minister to that need. Can we love him? Let's just lift our voices together in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's close our service with this song tonight. In the name of the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. 
We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.